Welcome to the old radio. The the old radio. The old the old radio. It's the old radio comedy podcast. It's episode 55 of season 2 in time for another classic comedy radio show from the golden age of radio. It's hard to believe it's almost July. This year is half over already amazing. Today we're bringing you a special hump day happy hour edition of the podcast with two back-to-back episodes of the Jack Benny program. One of the most successful and longest running radio shows in history, it used a show within a show format for most of its run, where the characters played versions of themselves. It was also known for breaking the fourth wall, with the actors interacting with the audience and making comments about the program and advertisers. The show was a huge success almost from the get-go, and it ran from May 2nd, 1932 through May 22nd, 1955. Later, Jack Benny had his own successful TV program, from October 28th of 1950 to September 10th of 1965. And fortunately for us old radio lovers, almost all of the Jack Benny program's episodes have been preserved for us to enjoy. So sit back and relax for the May 15th, 1938, and June 16th, 1940 broadcasts of the Jack Benny program. J-E-L-L-O! The Jell-O program, starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston and Phil Harris and his orchestra. The orchestra opens a program with Life Begins When You're In Love. It's not always that you can have delicious things to eat and to save money at the same time, but sometimes you can. And Jell-O makes the most attractive desserts and salads you ever tasted, and Jell-O is amazingly inexpensive. It costs only a few cents a package. One package serves the average family generously, and they love it. Jell-O is America's favorite gelatin dessert, and no wonder. For only Jell-O brings you Jell-O's delicious extra-rich fruit flavor. Strawberry, raspberry, cherry, orange, lemon, and lime. All six are packed with that ripe fruit goodness, fresh and tempting and satisfying. So for that extra rich fruit flavor, and for one of the most economical desserts you can serve, be sure to get genuine Jell-O. Don't accept any substitutes. Look for the big red letters on the box. They spell Jell-O. begins when you're in love played by the orchestra. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we bring you a man who has joined the ranks of Hollywood turfmen and bought himself a racehorse, Jack Benny. 
you. Hello again, this is Jack Benny talking. And Don, I don't know where you pick up all this information about me. Now, how did you find out that I bought a racehorse? Well, Jack, I was talking to Bing Crosby the other day, and he just happened to mention it. Oh, yes, Bing knows about it. As a matter of fact, I've been trying to put my horse in Crosby's stable, but it's too crowded there. Crosby has an enormous stable. There's plenty of room there for your horse. All right, then. He wanted too much money. (laughs) I wouldn't pay him $80 a week to board my horse if he sang it to sleep every night. (laughs) Oh, I'll find another place for him, all right. Oh, I'm sure you will. Oh, and Jack, uh, you know, I'm a pretty good rider, so if you ever need a jockey, think of me. I've got a horse, Don, not a 20-mule team. <laughs> Why, your shadow alone would break his back. <laughs> Say, Jack, how'd you happen to buy a racehorse? You don't know anything about horses. I don't, eh? Well, it might interest you to know, Phil, that I was kicked in the face at the age of 10. <laughs> by a horse? Yes. How did that happen? Well, my father sent me out to feed him, and it was dark in the barn. Now, believe me, fellas, I know plenty about horses. (laughs) But why this secrecy? Why didn't you tell us about your horse before? Well, I didn't want people to think I was showing off or doing it for publicity. You know how modest I am, you know? (laughs) Yeah, what's the name of your horse? Buck Benny. (laughs) And you're going to hear from that, baby. If I'm any judge of thoroughbreds, he's going places. Well, uh, tell us more about it, Jack. Is it a yearling? Uh, What's that, Don? Is it a yearling? Uh, well, it's a sort of a back bay color. (laughs) With a... With a black spot on his nose. Oh, you don't understand, Jack. Is it a yearling? In other words, how old is it? Oh. Oh! Oh, it it was two... It was two years old in January. I wish you'd talk a little plainer, Don. I didn't quite get you there, you know? (laughs) But it's a real thoroughbred, and I know. By the way, Jack, who's your horse's sire? What is that, Phil? I said, who's the sire? The sire? Yes. Well, I am. I paid for the horse. (laughs) What a silly question. (laughs) Jeepin, you don't know what you're talking about, do you? I don't, eh? Well, let's see what you know. Is your horse a gelding or a filly? A what? Is it a gelding or a filly? Is it a gelding or a filly? Is it a gelding or a filly? (laughs) trying to be smart, making up words. I'm not. (laughs) I'm not making up words. Is it a gelding or a filly? In other words, is it a boy or a girl? It's a whore. (laughs) My goodness, you're just a dodo if there ever was one. You won't be so smart when he wins the Irish sweepstakes. Have you got a trainer for him, Jack? A trainer? No, I just bought him a rowing machine. That'll keep him him in shape, all right. A rowing machine? Well, that settles it. You don't know any more about horses than I know about music. Oh, I don't. I don't. I don't know anything about horses, eh? I used to be a trout. A trout? Yes, a trout, and I gave out plenty of good tips, believe me. You're a fine turf man. How many legs has your horse got? My horse has four legs, Smarty. How do you know? I bought him a blanket with two pair of pants and shut up. (laughs) Believe me, I'm sorry the whole thing came up. Hello, Jack. For heaven's sake, what's the matter now? Well, what would it be? Phil and Don found out that I bought a racehorse, and you can guess the rest. 
Have you boys been picking on Jack again? Oh, don't interfere, Mary. I can fight my own battles. Why, you fellas ought to be ashamed of yourselves. Yeah. Jack knows more about horses than the both of you put together. Yeah. He even tried to get Lady Godiva for a jockey. <laughs> I did not. Then why did you put blinkers on the horse? Oh, you're just making things up, that's all. So you've seen that nag of Jack's, huh, Mary? Oh, sure, a couple of times. Well, is it a good horse? Uh, what does it look like? Looks like any minute two men are going to step out of it. <laughs> it does not. It's a fine-looking steed. Oh, it is. And gee, fellas, you ought to see the way Jack pampers that horse. Pampers him? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, Mary? Jack bought him shoes with art supporters. <laughs> now, look, fellas, Mary's giving you the wrong impression. Now, here's a picture of him, Don. He's a pretty good-looking animal, isn't he? Say, he is at that. Yeah. Hey, Jack, let me see that picture, will you? Here you are, Kenny. What do you think of him? Oh, boy, he's a beauty. Looks pretty fast, doesn't he? I'll say he does. But why is he laying on his back? <laughs> Kenny, turn the picture around like this. There. Huh? Well, I'll be darned. He got up. Yeah. He does all kinds of tricks like that. Now, go ahead and sing your song, Kenny, and give me back that picture. Say, wait a minute. Let me have a look at that. Here you are, Phil. Well, is that a real horse or isn't it? A good-looking animal, all right. But wait a minute. What's this stamped on the back of the picture? Where? Right there. It says Man of War. Man of War? Well, that's the name of the photographer, Joe Man of War. <laughs> He's a Greek fella. Oh. Sing, Kenny. He, I must have picked up the wrong picture. <laughs> I fall in 
Kenny Baker singing I Fall in Love with You Every Day. That was a beautiful number, Kenny, and a very romantic thought. Thanks, Jack. I dedicate that song to your horse. To my horse? Why? Oh, I'm mad at my girl. Oh, oh. A little snip. <laughs> Kenny, gee, I never saw a kid like you, always getting a new girlfriend, then picking a fight with her. What's the matter with you? Oh, I don't know. I guess I'm just a gorilla. <laughs> Kenny, you're a simian, but not quite a gorilla. Well, he's young yet. Yeah. <laughs> and now... And now, ladies and gentlemen, going from the zoo to our play, tonight we are going to present what we think is an... Oh, Jack, Jack, pardon me for interrupting, but I just noticed that your shoelace is untied. My shoelace? Oh, so it is. Thanks, Don. Excuse me a minute, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, while Jack is bending down to tie his shoelace, why don't you skip out and buy yourself a package of Jell-O? Oh, so that's your little trick, huh? <laughs> it comes in six delicious flavors, strawberry, raspberry, cherry, orange, lemon, and lime. Hurry back now. Ah, folks, what other program starts on a shoestring and ends up with a plug? <laughs> Don, that was a very clever ruse. Now, as I was saying, ladies and gentlemen, tonight, for the first time this year... We are going to offer our annual murder mystery. We feel that this will be a high spot in the career of the Benny Federal Theater Project. <laughs> so now we will present a deep, dark mystery entitled Murder in the Library, or Book Marks the Spot. <laughs> Gee, isn't that clever, folks? And I thought of that all by myself. You laughed all by yourself, too. <laughs> Now, wait a minute, Mary. That was a very funny title. I can't help it if our studio audience didn't get it. But I'll bet our listening audience liked it. We did not. <laughs> now, in our little drama, which will go on immediately after the next number, the cast of characters will... Uh, pardon me, folks. Come in. Hiya, Buck. Hello, Stanza. Well... Well, well, if it isn't Damon and Pythias. <laughs> well, I haven't seen you two fellas in weeks. Where have you been keeping yourselves? Oh, we've been pretty busy, Buck. Me on my farm and Schlepp on his. Oh, that's right. Schlepp did buy part of your farm. How's it going, Schlepp? Have you planted anything yet? Yes, but believe me, Zeke, it's no good. I'm having plenty of trouble. Well, that's too bad. What's the matter with it? I struck oil last week and it ruined my potatoes. <laughs> Oil? Why, that's great, isn't it? What kind of oil is it? Banana oil. He's trying to sell that property back to me. Oh, well, I don't blame him if it isn't good land. Uh, he shouldn't complain. I gave him a rock-bottom price on it. Yes, that's all I got was rocks. Our cactus wouldn't grow there. Well, naturally, Schlepp, you got to clear the land first. You know, break up the rocks and cart them off. Say, what am I, a chain gang? <laughs> Well, you just don't know anything about farming, that's all. Is that so? I'm a good farmer. A fine farmer. He bends over in front of goats. <laughs> he does? Now, listen, Mr. DeWine. <laughs> what about those rabbits you sold me? Oh, fine rabbits. Well, what about it? I sold you two of them, didn't I? That's the trouble. I still only got two. Now, wait a minute, boys. Wait a minute. Look, boys, you can settle your own troubles when you get home. Let's talk about something else. Uh, tell them about your horse, Jack. Oh, yes. You know, fellas, I bought a racehorse. Uh, that's right, Buck. I heard about that. Hey, I'll bet he's a regular pumpoonie. Yes, he's, 
is all right, but I'm having trouble finding a place to keep him. Oh, why don't you keep him on my farm, Buck? I got a nice pasture for him. Keep him on my farm. I'll dye the rocks green. <laughs> well, that's a good idea. I'll tell you what I'll do, fellas. I'll split it between you. Andy, I'll let you feed him for seven days. And Schlepp, you can feed him for seven days. How's that? <laughs> What are you laughing at, Mary? Promotes to matches in one week. <laughs> Never mind. How does that strike you, boys? Now, wait a minute, Buck. If I were you, I wouldn't let Schlepperman have that horse. Why not? He'll put rockers on it and give it to his kid. Well, I'll take a chance. Now, you, you each get him for one week, and I want you to take good care of him. He's a very delicate animal. Well, leave it to me, Buck. I'll take him first. Now, wait a minute, Henry. I want him for the first week. No, sir. I got to have him right now. I got a lot of plowing to do. <laughs> oh, that's fine for my racehorse. Say, how much are you guys going to charge me? Don't worry about it, Jackie boy. If he wins the Kentucky Derby, you'll break even. <laughs> I thought so. Now, come over here a minute, boys. We'll talk this little deal over and down. Uh, play something, Phil, while I do a little dickering. Now, look, boys. My Played by Phil Harris and his orchestra. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we will present our thrilling, baffling, spine-tingling melodrama entitled Murder in the Library, or Book Marks the Spot. <laughs> Gee, I love that. Boy, are you corny. <laughs> Go away, Mary. Now, I will play the part of Police Captain O'Benny, as brave a blue coat as ever wore bulletproof undies. <clears throat> Phil Harris and Kenny Baker will be my brave, loyal, and stupid assistants. Here's your badge, Phil. Okay, Chief. Here, Kenny, here's your badge, your uniform, and your club. Okay, where's my flat feet? <laughs> On the opposite end of your flat head. Oh, that's right. Hmm. 
Now, Mary Livingston will play the part of Mrs. Sugar Clunkenbush, a much-married society woman who makes a hobby of collecting husbands, guns, and life insurance. Gee, do I have to kill all my husbands? You've already killed seven of them, Mary, and there's just one left. Oh, one little husband sitting on a fence. Boom, 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 I shot him in the pants. <laughs> Well, I suppose that wasn't corny. I suppose you didn't write it. Quiet. <laughs> now, the part of the butler will be played by Don Wilson, who has been in the service of Mrs. Clunkenbush for about... Uh... Oh, Don, how long have you been with Mrs. Clunkenbush? It'll be uh, six husbands in October. I see. <laughs> and now for our play, folks. The scene opens at police headquarters where we find Capo Benny very busy playing solitaire. Curtain. Music. <laughs> Let's see. There's the jack of clubs. Here's a seven of hearts. I'll put that on the jack. No, I won't do that. That would be cheating. Or should I? No, I won't. Hey, Cap. Yeah? What's the idea of playing solitaire with handcuffs on you? I don't trust myself. I need the ace of spades, and it's up my sleeve. <laughs> I'll get it for you. Oh, no, you won't. Why, you dirty crook, I ought to put you in jail. Now, let's see. Is that the phone cap? It ain't a Swiss Vaudevillac. <laughs> Capo Benny speaking. Yes, sir. What? You say your wife ran away eight months ago. Well, why didn't you report it sooner? Oh, you wanted to give her a good start. <laughs> what? No, don't worry. I won't rush. Goodbye. Now, let's see. The six of hearts goes on the black king. Oh, I wish I wouldn't do that. But how else can I win? <laughs> oh, Cap! Cap! What is it, Sergeant Baker? Somebody's been passing $41 bills all over town, and I've got one of them. A dollar bill, eh? How do you know it's phony? Washington is wearing Lincoln's beard. <laughs> hmm. Let me see that. You're right, and he's wearing Lincoln's hat, too. You think that's something? Turn the bill over. Good heavens, Carol Lombard is sitting on the eagle. <laughs> nice work, Baker. We gotta report this to Washington. Can you get any more of these bills? Yeah, my uncle makes them. <laughs> Your uncle? Well, you better tell him to stop or else. Hey, Cap, Cap, what is it, Harris? You know the prisoner in cell 21 that sent his suit out to be pressed? Yes. Well, he was in it. <laughs> I'll wait for that one. All right. <laughs> Hang out the vacancy sign and don't annoy me. Mm, I'll take it. Hello, Capo Benny speaking. What? A murder? Yes, yes, hold everything. We'll be right over. Hey, fellas, what do you know? We've got a murder. Hooray! We've got a murder. We've got a murder. Yippee! I knew we'd get one if we waited long enough. Come on, fellas, let's go right over. Where are we going, Chief? To, uh... Oh, darn it, I forgot to get the address. Gee, I hope they call back. That's a fine how do you do. We wait around all year for a murder, we get one and you lose it. Wait, I know. It must be Mrs. Clunkenbush on Park Avenue. She married her eighth husband two months ago, and he's about due for his lead anniversary. <laughs> Come on, boys. Let's go. Calling all cars. Calling all cars. Go to 215 Maple Street. Man beating up wife. That is all. Mm, man beating up wife. Make a note of that, Sarge. I got it, Chief. Calling all cars. Calling all cars. Go to 215 Maple Street. She's beating him up now. That is all. Mm. <laughs> Tear up 
that note, Sarge. Okay, Chief. Calling all cars, calling all cars. Go to your nearest grocer and ask for a package of Jell-O. That is all. Hmm. <laughs> well, I see our police department finally got a sponsor. <laughs> Come on, man. Here's the place. This is a house right here. Baker, you break down the door. Okay, hold my banana. <laughs> I told you a thousand times not to eat on the job. Now break down the door. Let's give him a hand, Harris. Ready, set, go. Well, we've got that down. Here comes somebody now. Did you ring, gentlemen? Ring? No, he didn't. We're the police. Who are you? I'm Blimp, the butler. <laughs> Blimp, the butler, eh? Yes, and I didn't do it. You didn't do what? Goodness, haven't you heard? We think Mr. Clunkenbush has been murdered. What makes you think so? Well, he's in the library reading a book, and he hasn't turned a page in three days. <laughs> make a note of that, Sarge. Gotcha, Chief. Can I make a note, too? Quiet. Now, tell me, Blimp, where's Mrs. Clunkenbush? Right this way, gentlemen. She's out in the garden, burying the gun. Oh, burying the gun, eh? Her husband is murdered, and she's out in the garden, burying the gun. What do you make of that, Baker? She doesn't need it anymore. <laughs> now you're clicking, you cluck. <laughs> Come on, Glimp, take us to Mrs. Clunkenbush. Right this way, you bums. Come on, men. Aha! We got you this time, Mrs. Clunkenbush. Oh, how do you do, Captain? I've been rather expecting you. Oh, you have. Now, there's no use calling, Clunky. <laughs> Your butler, Blimp, broke down and confessed. Blimp broke down, eh? Yes. I knew I should have filled him with helium. <laughs> now, listen. You just buried a gun in this garden, didn't you? I buried a dagger, too. Oh, so you not only shot your husband, but you stabbed him, too. Yep, we got the daily double. <laughs> Well, you've gone too far, Mrs. Clunkenbush. You've had eight husbands in four years, haven't you? What about us? And they all met untimely deaths. Take your first husband, the big game hunter. You went on a hunting trip with him, and he's the first thing you shot. Well, he looked like a gazelle. <laughs> That's no excuse. And your second husband. Uh, you mean Pasquale? Yes, Pasquale. You no sooner fell in love with him than we found him laying on the floor with an arrow in his back. You did that. Could have been Cupid, you know. <laughs> That's what you told the jury. And your third husband. Was killed, too. What happened to him? All I did was slap him on the back. Yes, but he was leaning out of a penthouse window at the time. <laughs> and what about your fourth husband? Oh, this is getting boresome. It is, eh? Oh, hello, Filthy. I didn't see you standing there. Hello, sweetheart. Sergeant Harris, do you know this woman? Yes, we're engaged to be married. I'm going to be her next husband. Well, congratulations and rest in peace. <laughs> Now, let's go in and look at the body. Hey, Cap, Cap. What is it, Baker? I was in the library just now, and I don't think Mr. Cluckenbush is dead yet. How do you know? I went to reach for his pulse, and he shook hands with me. <laughs> well, let's hurry up in there. Imagine a man shot and stabbed and still alive. There he is, Cap. Mr. Clunkenbush. Mr. Clunkenbush, how do you feel? A little drafty. <laughs> well, I shouldn't wonder. Now, tell me, can you name the person or persons who try to kill you? Why, of course I can. I was here at the time. Then tell me exactly what happened. Make notes on this, Harris. Okay, Chief. Now, go ahead. Well, I was sitting here in the library reading a book. Uh-huh. When all of a sudden, the door behind me opened. Yeah. So I turned around and said, it free me, see the party state. 
course, I couldn't tell the rates of stable right, but I said it rained at all, and I figured my soul had saved the rates of the forest stable. And right at the time when the horse's stable yeah. break beat, who was spending? Oh, it was ghastly. <laughs> the man must be hysterical. Now, Mr. Conkenbush, say that again and slower. This is important. All right. I was sitting in the library reading a book, and my Mercedes Morma sent it to me. Of course, I Oh, she came in. Don't even say that I was saw. Oh, she didn't come in. No, I was in a standard Oh, she came in. He's delirious now. He's getting weaker. Quick, get him a glass of water. Here you are, Captain. Thanks. Now drink this, quick. How do you feel now? Oh. Good heavens, he's dead. Mrs. Clunkenbush, what was in that glass of water? Well, I only put in a satchel of saffron, and then I was a satchel of cloth matting, and then a satchel of and that's the truth. Move over, Clunkin' Bush, I'm tired. Play, Phil. Everybody loves homemade ice cream. Ice cream that's rich and creamy smooth. Grand ice cream. And here's a new and better way to make it. It's made with Jell-O freezing mix and made just perfect. For Jell-O freezing mix is a wonderful new product that gives you ice cream that's velvety and rich. It has a beautiful creamy texture that's simply grand and it's amazingly quick and easy to prepare. Open a can of Jell-O freezing milk Add milk and some whipped cream and turn the mixture into your freezing trays. Stir only once during the whole freezing process and take out six servings of delicious ice cream. One of your favorite flavors will be rich, smooth chocolate, the chocolate flavor that can't be beat. Then there's maple walnut, real vanilla, and fruit flavors that are real fruits in their own sweetened juices, strawberry, tutti frutti, and orange pineapple. There are six luscious flavors in all. If your grocer hasn't any in stock, he'll be glad to order it for you. So ask him tomorrow for Jell-O Freezing Mix. Uh, this is the last number of the 33rd program in the new Jell-O series, and we'll be with you again next Sunday night at the same time, when we will present our version of David O. Selznick's outstanding film production, The Adventures of Tom Sawyer. So be sure and listen in. And guess who's going to be Tom Sawyer, folks? No kidding, Jack. Are you going to be Tom Sawyer? Of course I am, Mary. Gee, do you think you can have your face lifted by next Sunday? I think so, yes. Good night, folks. J-E-L-L-O This is the National Broadcasting Company. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. One cherry phosphate. One cherry phosphate. Hey, buddy, I've got a broadcast to do in a few minutes. Will you please hurry with my sandwich? Why don't you eat after the broadcast? Because I'm hungry now. Get the sandwich. Okay, Mr. Benny. What kind was that again? A tuna fish and peanut butter on rye bread. <laughs> oh, yes, with an egg in it. The egg goes in my malted milk. Now hurry, please. Oh, hello, Don. Oh, hello, Jack. Think I'll have time for a bite to eat before our broadcast? Yes, if we can get a little service here. 
Sit down. Okay. <laughs> well, there goes my new straw hat. <laughs> that did it. Oh, that's too bad, Jack. I didn't see it. Is it crushed? Like a pansy in a dictionary. <laughs> Is I hat crushed? Well, I'm so sorry, Jack. I, I think I ought to pay for it. How much did it cost? No, no. Forget about it, Don. Okay. Jeepers. <laughs> just think. A few more minutes and we'll be during our last... Just, just mail me a check. Hi, Mr. Wilson. What'll it be? I'll have a club sandwich, please. Okay. One clubby for Tubby. Come it up. <laughs> and hurry mine while you're at it. Hi, Jack. Hello, Don. Oh, hello, Mary. Hello. What are you eating, Jack? Oh, my regular tuna fish and peanut butter. What a man. Just because they name a sandwich after you, you eat it every time you come in here. Well, why shouldn't I? The Jack Benny three-decker delight is very helpful. I always eat things that are full of vitamins. Then why don't they show? Oh, quiet. <laughs> Here's your club sandwich, Mr. Wilson. Thank you. What's yours, Miss Livingston? I'll have a pineapple nut sundae with cherries and lots of whipped cream. My goodness, Mary, why don't you eat something with vitamins? Okay, put some tuna fish on it. <laughs> Mary, you better save all those cute remarks for the program. And incidentally, young lady, as long as this is our farewell appearance, I wish you'd be a little more careful what you say. You mean I shouldn't tell him what happened at Paramount yesterday? <laughs> Don't you dare. What happened, Mary? Never mind. See? You're starting already. Go on, Mary. What was it? Yeah, what happened? You stay out of this. <laughs> and get my sandwich. <laughs> well done. <laughs> oh, it seems that Paramount gave Fred Allen Dorothy L'Amour's old dressing room, which is right next to Jack's. Only Jack didn't know that Fred was in there. Only Jack didn't know. Only Jack didn't know. <laughs> anyway, Jack knocked on the door and yelled, Hello, Dorothy. Hello, sweetheart. <laughs> it's very amusing. <laughs> and what happened, Mary? Fred yelled back, Don't come in. I haven't got my sarong on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but he didn't fool me for a minute. But, Jack, I thought you told Mark Sandridge, the director, that you wouldn't make a picture with Alan. Well, we compromised, Don. Alan can be in the picture, but he has to be the straight man. He gives me all the leads, and I give all the answers. Well, that'll be a novelty. The question's getting the laughs. <laughs> I'll get the laughs. Don't worry. There's your pineapple sundae, Miss Livingston. Thanks. Hey, wait a minute. She just got here. Where's my three-decker? Bill's putting a poop deck on it. <laughs> Don't get fancy. Just bring it in. <laughs> Hiya, kids. You better step on it. We'll be on the air in a few minutes. Oh, hello, hello Phil. Phil. Hello, Don. Well, look who's on time tonight. What's the matter, Phil? Does your conscience bother you because this is our farewell program? Holy smoke. Is this our last broadcast? I better start saving my dough. <laughs> yes, Maestro. You have about 30 minutes left to get an annuity. <laughs> so make it snappy. What'll it be, Twitch? Hiya, bub. Just give me a glass of water. Glass of water? Okay. Put some bromo in it. I thought so. <laughs> a bromo seltzer, eh? One Phil Harris special. Coming up. <laughs> they know you like a book, eh, Phil? Hey, fella. Hey, are you Jack Benny from the radio? That's me. My program goes on just a few minutes. Yeah, I heard it last week. Oh, you did? But I didn't like it. <laughs>
That's too bad. You know, I can't please everybody. Yeah, especially me. Well, so long. I'll be listening. <laughs> Goodbye. I'm going to worry whether, whether he likes me or not. Here's your sandwich, Mr. Benny. Well, it's about time. Give me that malted milk, too. Okay. Boy, am I hungry. Say, uh, Jack, I better run along upstairs. I'll see you in the studio. All right, Don. Well, I'll be darned. Hey, buddy, I ordered a tuna fish and peanut butter. Well, what's the matter? This is tuna fish and peanut brittle. <laughs> Fine combination. Well, we're all out of peanut butter. It's a nice time to tell me. Bring me something else, then. Bring me a turkey sandwich. Okay. One turkey for jerky. Coming up! <laughs> now, see here, young man. I'm a very good customer, and if you think that Pardon I'm... Pardon me, mister. Is this seat taken? No, sit right down. Hey, Jack, it's getting late. We better get out of here. Yeah, come on, Jackson. We'll be late for the broadcast. Oh, I think I got time to eat a sandwich. Pardon me, mister. What time is it? The time? Yes. I don't know. Hey, Eddie, what time is it? I don't know. Hey, Bill, what time is it? I don't know. Hey, Sam! Never mind. I'll eat after the program. <laughs> come on, Mary. Hurry up, Phil. The Jell-O program, starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. The orchestra opens the program with Down by the Ohio. You know, ladies and gentlemen, a great many desserts are outstanding for one single quality. Some you remember for their delightful taste, others for their tempting appearance, their simplicity, or their low cost. But when it comes to Jell-O, there's a dessert that has everything. Color, yes, color so gay and inviting that Jell-O is a joy just to look at. Flavor, extra rich flavor, as downright refreshing as the fresh, juicy, ripe fruit itself. Ease and speed, for Jell-O dissolves instantly and sets quickly. Economy, because one package, costing only a few pennies, Serves the average family in generous style. And last but not least, variety. For with Jell-O, you can enjoy any number of novel and satisfying desserts. So be sure to keep a goodly supply of Jell-O on the pantry shelf at all times. Then you'll always be ready to serve family and friends their favorite treat, Jell-O, the dessert that really has everything. played by the orchestra. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is only fitting that on this, our last program of the season, I should pay tribute to the man who has guided us through the past 36 weeks. Oh, don't bother, Don. <laughs> A man whose spirit and leadership has made this program what it is today. Oh, anybody could have done it. Maybe. <laughs> Continue, Don. A man whose buoyant and sparkling personality has been reflected into each and every one of us. I have so much of it. <laughs> Go ahead. A man whose age and experience has proven invaluable to us younger members of the cast. That one he could have left out. <laughs> oh, well. So here he is, folks, the old Mother Hubbard of the Jell-O program, Jack Benny. Jack Benny. 
Uh, Jalow again. This is Jack Benny talking. Hmm, old Mother Hubbard. That's a fine introduction on Father's Day. <laughs> Don, as long as you started out so beautifully, why didn't you finish with something sentimental like, uh, here he is, folks, the genial skipper of the good ship Jello, Jack Benny. Now, that would have been swell. Well, to tell you the truth, Jack, that sounds a bit too corny. Oh. Well, now that you mention it, it does sound a little like one of Phil Harris's mental nuggets. <laughs> there you go again. Oh, boy, am I glad this is the last broadcast. You are? Yeah. Next week, I'll be out on the road playing those one-night stands where people appreciate me. Phil, you stay in a town longer than one night and see what happens. <laughs> so you start on the road next week, eh? What's your itinerary? Plain suits for the boys and a sport outfit for me. <laughs> well, that was my fault. Phil, an itinerary means your route. Uh, what towns you gonna play? Oh, well, why don't you come right out and ask me instead of ringing in them new words? <laughs> new words? Phil, the word itinerary is very common. I learned what it meant when I was in the third grade. You learned to shave there, too, didn't you? <laughs> Mary, I wasn't in third grade that long. Go on, they had to give you election day off so you could vote. <laughs> All right, go ahead, keep it up. I suppose I had rheumatism when I was in the third grade. You spent your lunch money on liniment, if that's what you mean. Now, cut that off! <laughs> you never stop, do you? Ah! <laughs> Mary, if I'm a big dodo like you try to make me out, how come I'm the star of this program? Because you're a great comedian, you have a marvelous personality, and you know show business from A to Z. Well, thanks. It's more like it. Say, Phil... Oh, brother. <laughs> now, don't spoil it. Say, Phil, as I started to ask you before I was sent back to third grade... Uh, what's your route? What, what towns are you going to play? Well, tomorrow night we open in San Bernardino, then yeah. we go to Santa Barbara, uh -huh. then Long Beach, then San Diego. I see. Then the following night we go to Fall River, Massachusetts. <laughs> Fall River, Massachusetts? How are you going to get there in one night from San Diego? I don't know. Is it much of a drive? <laughs> you hear that, fellas? What a schedule. That'll be a fine vacation touring the country with those 18 downbeat derelicts. <laughs> <laughs> Say, Don, uh, what are you uh, planning to do on your vacation? Take a trip somewhere? Well, Jack, this may come as a sort of a surprise to you, but uh, I'm going to make a picture for Harry Sherman at Paramount. It's a Western. Oh, well, I'll be darned. So you're going to make a Western, eh? Are you going to ride a horse, Don? Yes, sir, and you ought to see that animal. It's a beauty. So was Jack Straw Hackle you sat on it. <laughs> yeah, 450. Well, tell me about your picture, Don. Uh, is it an interesting story? Oh, very. You see, I'm Sheriff Slim of Rattlesnake Gulch, and there's a mob of outlaws that come in town one night to rob the bank. Rob the bank, eh? Yeah, but I'm having the story changed uh, so that now they break into a grocery store and steal some jello. Oh, oh. That makes me fighting mad. <laughs> Well, I should imagine it would. What's a bank, huh? So what, um... Uh, so what... So what, uh, what happens, Don? Well, I jump on my horse and follow the outlaws to their hideout. 
I see. And I'm almost within sight of them when suddenly my horse goes lame. Oh, that's too bad. So I continue by foot. Don, you forgot to get off. And what happens next? Well, to make a long story short, I capture the bandits, bring back the jello, marry the grocer's daughter, and we have six delicious children. Don't named... tell me, don't tell me. I can guess. Imagine a kid named Lemon Wilson. Well, it sounds like a fascinating story, and I wish you luck, Don. And now, ladies and gentlemen, going from Buck Wilson Rides Again to our vocal interlude, uh, Dennis Day, our young tenor, will offer... Uh, Dennis isn't here yet. He isn't? I think he'd be on time for our last program. Look, Jack, there he is, sitting out in the audience with his mother. Where? See that lady with a little boy on her lap? <laughs> well, I'll be darned. Hey, Dennis, what are you doing out there? I'm watching the program. Well, get up here. You're on it. Okay. Come on, Ma. Hmm. Would have to bring his mother with him. Oh, Jack, it's our last show. What do you care? She's always got a chip on her shoulder. The old... Oh, good evening. Good evening, Mrs. Day. Good evening, Mr. Benny. I'm so happy to see you. Well, you certainly don't look it. You see? You see what I mean? You see? There. Oh. You know, Mrs. Day, I don't like to say this, but since you've stayed away from the program, Dennis and I have been getting along fine, and he's improved tremendously. He's got more volume to his voice, more assurance, and more poise. Then why don't you give him more money? <laughs> because he's young yet. That's why. Shirley Temple made a million dollars before she was ten years old. Shirley Temple? Yes. Well, hang some curls on your brat and we'll dick her. <laughs> now, look, Mrs. Day, give me a little credit. I've developed your son into being a first-class comedian. Then he ought to have more jokes to tell. Oh, now you want jokes for him. Well, for your information, Mrs. Day, there are just so many jokes in our script. And when this pack of wolves come in here Sunday night, your lamb is lucky if he gets to sing. <laughs> and now, Dennis, how about a song? Okay. Gee, Mr. Benny, you're not a bit afraid of my mother, are you? Your mother? No. The woman don't live that you're afraid of, eh, Tiger? Mary, I don't like those nicknames. Go ahead and sing, Dennis. Mrs. Day, will you please take your seat in the audience? On your little swing, I heard you sing through the live long day, the way that lovers do. For there were two of you Then this tragic thing That called your poor little mate away And only you remain To sing a blue refrain Blue lovebird your song's a tender thing That wasn't meant to sing along Blue lovers Still singing for your mate But it's your fate to 
wait alone Once there were two of you Singing to the dawn What can a lover do When his love has gone Lovebird Your song becomes a That lovers die Lovebird from Lillian Russell, sung by Dennis Day. A great song from a great picture. By the way, Dennis, did you see the picture? Yeah. And I was wondering, Mr. Benny, do you think Alice Faye on the screen was as beautiful as the real Lillian Russell? So they say. Of course, I never knew Lillian Russell. Uh huh. <laughs> Mary, I'm warning you. I suppose I knew Diamond Jim Brady, too. If you did, you didn't get any on you. <laughs> Mary, I was just about to make an announcement concerning our cast next year, and a certain clever kiddo may be cut out. Now, sit down. Yes, Mr. Benny. Hmm. Yes, Mr. Benny. <laughs> and now, ladies and gentlemen, before we conclude this final broadcast, I would like to announce that on Sunday, October the 6th... Mary, go away. We will return to the air for the same sponsor at the same time and with the same cast. Mary, Phil, Don, Dennis, Andy, and Rochester who is now touring in vaudeville. Incidentally, Jack, who's taking over our summer show? Has it been settled yet? Uh, yes, Don, the Aldrich family's gonna move in for three months. As a matter of fact, young Henry Aldrich is dropping in here in just a little while. I want you all to be very nice to him. He'll probably be, be scared stiff in front of a microphone. Huh? Scared in front of a microphone? Why, Henry Aldrich is a veteran in radio. Why, he can't be, he's just a kid. Sure, but he's had his own program for the past two years. <laughs> Gee, he's funny. Funny? Does he, uh, does he do comedy? Haven't you heard about him, Jackson? Why, that kid's a riot. He's terrific. He is? And he's young, eh? <laughs> hmm. Yeah, and you want to watch out for that boy. Remember the old saying, make way for tomorrow. Well, if he thinks he's coming out here to steal my... Oh, I'm not worried. But then... What's my sponsor thinking of putting another comedian in my place? Now, take it easy, Jack. The boy won't hurt you. He's only taking your place for three months. Oh, that's right. A lot can happen in three months. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, suppose at the end of the summer, Henry Aldridge goes to our sponsor and says, Look, I did all right on the summer show. Why make a change? What? Why not keep the Aldridge family? But... Why let go of a good thing? Yeah, what do you need with Benny? Why the little double-crosser? <laughs> I'll punch that Aldrich kid right in the nose. Now, Jack, don't get excited. The kid doesn't mean any harm. Then why is he trying to put me out of work? Especially at my age. Ooh, my back. All of a sudden, you're old and feeble. Oh, no, I'm not. Well, fellas, that's the way they want it, all right. Heaven knows I try to entertain the American public. But... 
That's life, I guess. It's life. Jack, what are you talking about? You'll be back on this program next October. Don't try to soften the blow, Tom. I can see the handwriting on the wall. Thank heaven I've saved a few pennies. Ye gods, have you got that fortune in pennies? <laughs> it's no time for jokes, Mary. And I think that a little squirt like that Aldrich kid can come along and come in and take away all that I've built up through years of constant... Come in, come in. Well? Hello, Mr. Benny. I'm Henry Aldridge. Yeah. Oh, you are, eh? <laughs> hmm. He got a nice hand there, didn't he? Yeah, that's the public for you. Fickle. <laughs> a little while ago, they were doing that for me. Well, young man, you can very nicely get right out of this studio. Get out of this studio? Why, our sponsor sent me I don't care what our sponsor did. You don't start working on this program until next week, so scram. But I flew all the way here from New York just to be on your show tonight. I don't care if you did. Get out. But Mr. Bunny... nothing. Get out before I throw you out. What's going on here? (laughs) You know what's going on. Teach you to take my job away. Look at him standing there. You're so darn funny, Aldrich. Why don't you go ahead and tell a joke? Go ahead. Make me laugh. Gee whiz, Mr. Benny. I can't understand all this. I came all the way from New York to be with you tonight. Who cares? I'm bewildered. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody told me you were such a nice fellow. I heard a little bit about you too, buddy. Now, please get out of here. Oh, Jack, do you have to fall for everything? We were only kidding you. Why, of course. You don't have to worry, Jack. It's just a rib. Rib nothing. I can look right at that boy and see he's got talent. (laughs) Can't pull the wool over my eyes. Hair either. Quiet. (laughs) I'm worried enough. Oh, wake up, Jackson. This kid isn't trying to take your job. My goodness, Mr. Benny. I, I, I think you're the greatest comedian in the world. You're my ideal. I am, eh? Honest. Why, I'd rather go without supper than miss you on Sunday night. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Well. Oh, I always listen. Why, I know all of your stuff by heart. Uh Oh! Put up your dukes! Put them up, kid! Grab him! Grab him! Jack, what's the matter with you? Calm down! Calm down? You just heard him admit he was stealing my stuff. Oh, no. You misunderstand me, Mr. Benny. All I meant was that you're so funny that I can't help but remember everything you do. Oh. Oh, I see. Well, I'm sorry I made that pass at you. <laughs> so you uh, think I'm... Pretty funny, eh, kid? Yes, sir. I think Phil Harris is very amusing, too. Oh, you do, eh? But when it comes to class, you got him beat a mile. Well, Henry, I'll have to admit that Phil is a little corny. Oh, you're both corny, but you have more finesse. (laughs) Now, look, Henry. See what I told you? The kid's a panic. (laughs) Yeah. Now, look, Henry, there are a couple of rather personal things I want to talk to you about. I'll tell you what, let you and I run down to the drugstore. I want a sandwich anyway. I'll talk to you there. Okay, well, so long, everybody. So So long, long, Henry, so long. Good luck on your summer show. Gee, thanks. 
Goodbye, Mary. Give me a kiss. Kiss Henry. Oh, so long. <laughs> I'll see you later. Come along, Henry. Okay, Mr. Penny. Well, Henry, now here's, here's what I want to talk to you about. You see, I do a comedy show nine months out of the year. Now, you're coming on for the summer, and I think our audience would like a contrast. What do you mean, Mr. Benny? Well, why don't you do a dramatic show or read poetry or something? Well, you see, the Aldridge family has been very successful on the air. We want to continue with it. Oh. <laughs> but, Henry, people get tired of laughing all the time. Why don't you introduce a serious note? You know, make people cry. Cry, Mr. Benny? Sure, that sob stuff goes over big. I smell a rat. <laughs> oh. Well, look, Henry, here's another idea. Have you ever considered doing a sort of an adventure serial? Something with suspense and action. For instance, look, you can be lost in the jungle. Savages and wild animals will be after. You know, make a real thriller out of it. No comedy, eh? No, not in the jungle, Henry. Well, I don't think our sponsor would like that. Oh. Well, here's the drugstore. Let's go in and have something. Look, Henry, don't you want to show the sponsor how versatile you are? I want to get laughs, Mr. Benny, just like you do. Oh. Hey, buddy, give me a tuna fish and peanut butter sandwich. Okay. Let's try it again. <laughs> now, look. Look, Henry... Henry, let me paint a picture for you. Say, for instance, you're lost in the jungle, and week after week, people will be tuning in to find out what's happening to you. They're worried about you. They'll be on edge. Did the golden dragon get Henry, they'll say. Or have the cannibals got him? Think of that. I'll have a chocolate soda. <laughs> but Henry... Uh, vanilla ice cream. Now, look, Henry, forget about the jungle. Here's another idea for you. You're an office boy on a big new city newspaper, and you're just dying for a break. You want to be a reporter, see? Uh-huh. Well, one day there's a big fire in the building next door, and Millicent Mandalay, the girl you're going to marry when you're 21, is trapped in this burning building. You hear her screaming, Henry! Henry, help me! Help! No soap. Claire, listen. So hearing her cries, you dash right into the blazing inferno. Think of it, Henry. Flames to the right of you. Flames to the left of you. I tell you, Henry, this is the time And now here's our recipe for keeping as cool as a cucumber this summer. It's a swell new Jell-O recipe called Cucumber Pineapple Salad. Why, there's an even breezy, refreshing sound to the name itself. And believe me, here's one time when there really is something in a name. Tiny diced pieces of crisp cucumber, golden wedges of juicy pineapple, and clear emerald lime jello. Yes, sir, it's enough to make the laziest summer appetite perk right up and say more. And better yet, it's so simple and easy that it's practically making itself. Just prepare one package of lime jello in the usual way and chill until slightly thickened. Next, fold in a cup of diced cucumbers and one slice of canned pineapple cut into wedges. If you use fresh pineapple, be sure to cook it. Then mold and serve on lettuce. And there it is, friends, a bright, colorful salad with a grand, tantalizing taste. Just the thing for warm weather meals, which must be light yet delicious. So tomorrow, enjoy this new Jell-O salad, a delightful combination of cool, tingling cucumbers and golden pineapple, tucked into a glistening mold of tempting lime Jell-O. 
This is the last number of the last program in the current Jell-O series, and we'll be with you again next October 6th at the same time. Meanwhile, I hope you will all enjoy The Aldrich Family starring Ezra Stone beginning next week. Before signing off, I'd like to thank our listeners everywhere and the members of my cast for their splendid cooperation. I would also like to thank my authors, Bill Morrow and Ed Boulogne, who worked with me in the preparation of my material. And oh yes, I uh, think I uh, better thank Ezra Stone, too. You're welcome, Buck. Well, good night, folks. See you next fall. Be sure to listen next Sunday to the Aldrich family, same time, same station. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Thanks for tuning in to our special Hump Day Happy Hour edition of the podcast. I hope you'll take a few moments to give us a five-star rating or a review on Apple Podcasts if you're enjoying the show. It really helps grow our listenership. See you back here on Friday for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce, and remember... (laughs) 